The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to Living with Intention. I am April Wyatt, your wellness advocate, and I am so grateful that you're here today. During our time together, we will explore ways to connect the mind, body, and spirit to allow growth from within. And by utilizing my own intuition and experiences, I will guide you through a variety of techniques which will assist you to bring you back to your true essence. Now I invite you to take a moment, set your intention with curiosity, opening your mind and heart to receive as you discover more about your own abilities for expansion. Welcome friends, new and true to Living With Intention. I'm April Wyatt, your wellness advocate. And if you're new to this space, I so appreciate you being here and tuning in with me today as my intention is to bring forward new ways to expand your mental, physical, and emotional well-being. In this series, Co-Creating Community, this topic is something that really speaks to my heart. I thoroughly enjoy co-creating community because I am a living example of co-creating community as I'm doing through this podcast and reaching out and connecting to you here today. But before we begin, I'm wondering if you have ever met somebody or have experienced someone who has a presence about them. It's mostly unspoken as you can sense their essence. And maybe this created more curiosity to get to know that person better. Well, with my next co-creator, that's exactly what happened to me. I was at a uh, organization meeting and I saw this person across the room and there was just something about him that I wanted to get to know him. As you may remember, I introduced him in one of my first podcasts, Law of Attraction with Tony Wilson. It's due to Tony's gentle presence and approach that makes it easy to connect with him and to feel accepted and seen. I've co-created with Tony for over four years now, and he has a way of creating sanctuary wherever he goes. A little bit about Tony, Uh, he has worked with individuals of all walks of life, including treatment facilities, correctional institutions, and also in corporate and educational trainings, as well as nonprofit and state and government. So he is able to just connect with anyone, anywhere, because he sees individuals as who they are. And what Tony enjoys most about connecting to individuals is the opportunity it provides him to give back to community as the same community has given him so much. As the saying goes, as you give, so shall you receive. 
What I love about Tony is how he sets his intention of developing community in everything that he does and believes that you have everything that you need. He is a guide and provides gentle reminders so you can become more aware of the courage to witness your own wisdom. Well, everyone, welcome Tony to co-creating community. Welcome, Tony. Thank you, April. Good to be back again. Yes. As soon as I this popped into my mind about co-creating community, it's like, bing, Tony Wilson, of course. So, Tony, do you mind sharing, for those who aren't familiar with you, a little bit about yourself, about your background and how you stepped into this role of co-creating community wherever you go? Well, I think most of my learning has been in retrospect, uh, what I do now. Um, so I was a parent, I mean, a child of a single parent. Uh, my mother died when I was 14. And I think that's when I really started experiencing community because at no time from the age of 14 till, or even till today, have I ever been in a position where I knew, where I didn't know that I was safe in the community. So um, when my mother passed, um, I stayed with my grandparents, created a community, they created a community for me there. Um, mm -hmm. When they left town, friends of mine welcomed me into their home so I could finish high school. So it was another community, always somebody surrounding me with love and, and care. Um, the next community I, I was a part of, I was pretty much on my own at age 18 when I graduated. So the next community was a college community. So I went to college because it seemed like the, ne the next logical thing to do. Plus there was food there, there was a place to sleep and there were friends and so another community. So just all through my life, it's just always been somebody there who provide anything that I needed. So I could really get a sense of uh, what community was because so many people gave so much back, to, gave so much to me. Mm -hmm. So um, um, you talked about sanctuary earlier and we can talk about more later, but um, this is looking backwards too, is that everybody created this safe space for me. So my grandparents, my friends in college, I mean, it, I, everywhere I went, someone would always provide a safe space. And so I was never in a position where I felt like I was in need of anything. And so just, um, so my career started out as a, I started out as an elementary school teacher. Um, I taught fourth, fifth and sixth grade. Um, loved my job. I, it wasn't like I chose to be a teacher. I went to college and the next thing I came out, I was a teacher. So just kind of like, I don't know, some kind of vibe um, but I also knew that when I was teaching that that was what I was supposed to do because it really wasn't work. Uh, and there was something that I did because I know that that was something that I was supposed to do. And so I had this wonderful career just working with kids and, and other teachers and building community in my classroom. I had a negative experience. Um, I couldn't call it neg a learning experience because um, after four years of teaching, I just also decided that I decided to join the Air National Guard. And so I went to basic training when I came back. The job that I had had been eliminated, so I was sent to a new school as a sub. And if you can imagine how people look at subs, they were like third-class citizens. So no one really talked to me. It's just like I was just in this building all by myself. Mm -hmm. um, so I turned that opportunity. I decided I would make a one-room schoolhouse. It's like, okay, so if no one wants to play, <laughs> then I just have a, a one-room schoolhouse, and me and the children, we just did what we had to do. And so, just so I, what I ended up doing is my classroom became my community. And so, making sure that in this community with of children that I was working with, that they felt safe and cared for, and free to express themselves. And that's where the concept of sanctuary really started forming, because I know I realized that if I wanted to have a long career as a teacher, then I would make sure that I didn't get burned out. And the best way to do that was to create an environment where it wasn't stressful for me or the children. So it just, it's just been one thing after another. I joined them when I was in the military. The jobs I had were always jobs where I was working with people. So I, mm -hmm. it was 
think about military, you think about war, but I was always doing human service kind of jobs, human relations, equal opportunity. And so just, it just, you know, I talk about, the, I'm a really a student of the law of attraction. So I know that it's just the vibe that I put out is what attracted these opportunities to me. And so it's, it was a very, it's been a very easy life, you know, just really mm. just flowing. I call it flowing through life. Yes. And what I really enjoy hearing is how you really discovered, like, this is, this is a, a gift that you have, like acknowledging your essence. I talk about remembering your essence in a, in a previous podcast. And so by you stepping into that and seeing your light and how it lights up others around you, uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing to witness as I've had the pleasure of, of working with you and uh, collaborating and being part of the expansion. I think it flows out of appreciation, you know, just uh, being in situations that I've been in, I just have been so appreciative that people open their doors and their homes and their lives to me. Um, and, you know, in all the work that we do, we talk about the emotional guidance scale and, um, appreciation is number one so as long as if you are radiating that out into the world that's what i think people pick up the fact that it feels good it's up there the same vibration as love and and knowledge and freedom so it's just it's and i you know like i said i i've almost i look backwards and figure out why how did i happen to have this life that i have it's just really a wonderful life i have never worked i've had jobs but i've never worked because it's always been jobs that i enjoy doing so um, and I just, it has to be appreciation because I just appreciate the opportunities that I had and people who stepped into my life. Yeah. And it's back to that, as you give, so shall you receive too, right? What, what our intentions are as we're connecting with others and, and approaching them as this is a community. That's what it sounds like, especially in the classroom. That's, that's very much needed now more than ever uh, and knowing that you know people are safe and and they can ask questions i think people even it doesn't matter how old you are right being feeling safe enough to ask questions without feeling judged and this is how from my understanding how we learn right how how we're safe and that opens up and then we learn from each other. You know, it's, well, you it's know, not about. People are experiencing so much stress in the world. So really what, when you are, when you take the time to create sanctuary and sometimes it takes time, um, even in the classroom, you know, things have gone to so much um, test space right now, but stress is, plays a big factor in, in learning. And so often teachers come to school stressed, children come to school stressed, and unless you take some time, really, and it really does take time to create an environment where they, they feel safe, um, it's really difficult for the kids to learn, it's difficult for the teachers to teach, um, and it's real similar, it's like being in fight, fight, or freeze, basically, is when you're in that situation, the blood leaves the front of your brain, where all the executive functions take place, all the great learning takes place, go to the back of your brain, and therefore, you learning's difficult, teaching's difficult, and so it's it's really self preservation. Like I knew I wanted to teach for a while, so I knew that I had to create an environment for myself and the children um, where they felt safe, so I could could extend my career. Yeah, and as you shared that, Tony, it makes me think about even it doesn't matter what age we're at or what environment we're in, we still experience that people in the workplace experience that you know people out in public in certain settings experience that yeah, so what is your what is your uh, recommendation for those who are experience that uh, sense of not feeling safe what do you recommend for them well, safety is a decision we make for ourselves. And you, Miss Wellness Queen, um, know how important breathing is, uh, meditation. So really, we, we have to prepare ourselves to go out into the world. 
um, it, it, even it's just getting quiet. There's several kind of breathing techniques that I use if I'm really getting stressed out. Um, but it's, it starts with self-care. So what does it take for you to feel comfortable? Because if we wait for somebody else to make us comfortable, and we may be waiting for a long, long time. So self-care um, is, the, is the key. Yeah. And that's a good point that you just brought up about waiting for somebody else to make you feel comfortable. It's not going to happen, people. I'm just letting you know right now that we can't put that pressure or that expectation upon others. You know, yes, there might be some uh, reactions that we have or some stimulus that we feel from other people how what words they use or their tone or their body language and things but it's really our responsibility to understand where is that coming from within us yeah and making a decision i mean that's the whole thing is deciding how we're going to be in the world so my goal my main goal for as long as i can remember was peace i just wanted peace and so if I go out into the world and things happen, there's several ways I can respond to that. But I really choose most of the time uh, the, the one that's the, the feel, that brings me the most peace or maintains the peace that I have. And so it's, we have to do that first. It's, it's pre-work. And if we don't take the time to do that before we go out into the world, chances are that we're going to be stimulated by something um, that's going to take us off our, off our game. And when we're in that space also, I don't think that we're really able to uh, create community, like real sustainable community. Uh, I think coming from that space within our mind in that fight, flight, or freeze mode of, you know, it, it becomes a means to an end or instead of really sitting in with community, learning, and recognizing things about other people that really spark our essence that makes us feel like, oh, yeah, I, I can, I can see that I can feel that I can, um, you know, become inspired, right, mm -hmm. by others. Yeah, so what is your experience, Tony, um, when you're co-creating community and and you've witnessed that happening within the community the the sparks yes well you know that's that's what keeps me going actually i i think that i create community for my own sake because i know the value of it and so um i have a gift i know i have a gift and so the best way for me to be in community is to give my gift away and and that, then I attract people that are like myself. And so I get support from the community. So it's, it's really, it's, it's the word that comes to mind. Like, um, I have a value system that I use. Um, it's an African value, value system. Um, it's called Mayat, M-A-A-T. There are seven cardinal virtues. One of them is truth, justice, righteousness, reciprocity balance, harmony, and order. So you keep talking about reciprocity and I and I know the value of that. And you know, that's what makes community work as well is the, it's the giving that mm -hmm. um, really starts this whole thing. It's, I mean, I think a person who goes to a community should go to give and not to receive um, because that's where all the magic happens because people put their gift together. Um, I listened to Stone Soup this morning again, just because I know that we often have these conversations about about Stone Soup. But that's what community is: is taking your gifts and adding it to this to the collective of the community. And when you do that, there, you can't lose. There's no losing. Yes, and I love that you just said that because something came to me a while back, and you just sparked that within me. As a, a saying that came to me is, I have everything to give and nothing to lose. Because there's something about that. There's something that the mind says, oh, you can't, you can't, you know, bring down your barriers 
and allow other people to see, you know, yourself when you're not at your best, right? And actually that transparency is what humans crave. Mm -hmm. We want that connection. We want to hear other people's stories because we can relate to them. And then that solidifies that community even more. And then when you come and are authentic about a need, somebody in the community, now they have value because they're able to give to you. And so that's where the giving comes. It's, but it's, you, can't, you can't give if you don't know what's needed. And so um, there's a proverb that says, one who conceals their illness cannot expect to be healed. So go in community and be yourself because there's somebody in the community that would be, will be blessed by them giving to you. And so it's mm -hmm. that's, that reciprocity. Yeah, that's perfect. And you know, there's, there's hidden treasure within that too. Uh, and I call it, you know, navigating the internal landscape and going through those hills and valleys and ups and downs. And this is our experiences. This is how we, um, build a better understanding of ourselves and then as we are unfolding and allowing other people to witness then that's where healing begins just as you mm -hmm. said and so many people show up thinking they don't have anything to offer that's the mm -hmm. they think they're in need but if, if when you develop community and you honor whatever gifts whether it's a word or whatever um, we do a lot of, uh, in all our groups, we talk about honking, which is giving positive feedback to somebody, it's authentic feedback for something they said. And, and that alone, you come to the community and you're uplifted because somebody sees you. And once you're seen, it just, that makes all the difference in the world, seen and honored. Um, and it's, it doesn't take, it doesn't take anything. And you talked about something about giving. So so you know that most of the stuff that I teach is really um, it comes from the public domain. So there's nothing, I mean, if I taught something somewhere and somebody saw value in it, take it and use it because it's it's not mine anyway. And, and the gift I have is if I give it away is I don't lose anything. And so if I, my biggest challenge is if, if I try to do something and my intention is to make money. Every time, every time I do that, it's just like the whole idea dies. And so I, I just have learned that I will be taken care of. If I do what I'm supposed to do and give it's reciprocity, once again, the universe will give back to me. So money comes and it's really amazing where it comes from. So that is not a, that's not the motivation. Exactly. It's a byproduct of abundance. So <laughs> you, my friend, are allowing other people to open and expand in a safe space, that sanctuary as you're co-creating. And we're, we'll get into different uh, dynamics of groups that you uh, hold. Although I want everybody to hear that, that as you are giving, you're also receiving and that value I wrote down value just as you said value too. So <laughs> I know we're connected. Yes, um, and so we we see value in others and others see value in us. And, you know, we're so locked outside of ourselves <laughs> that we don't even see the richness, the value, our own essence that we bring. And everybody's needed in that. Uh, stone soup of collective consciousness everybody has their own essence that they're contributing into that and the, and the community is often a mirror like i mean i would have no idea the impact i have on people if i wasn't in community for somebody to tell me so once i know then it's my responsibility and my pleasure to use whatever that is that i have to uplift somebody else so it's it, it, you're in isolation. When you're in isolation, there are many negative consequences. There's a lot of health health uh, consequences too for people in isolation. So it just it's it's a win 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 uh, in community. And and you know we've kind of lost that. And hopefully we can get back 
to that uh, soon or else we're not going to make it. The answers are in community. It is. It, 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 that's humanness. We're, we're, we're meant to connect. We, you know, it's in our DNA, you know, ancestrally. We had little, you know, quote unquote tribes, quote unquote little groups that we would get together in and everybody would do their um, own thing to contribute to that group. And that's the means of survival. Yeah. Because we have everything we need. The community has everything that we need. Um, mm -hmm. I was thinking this morning about um, an egg, you know, so the, we're so separated in the world now that like if I'm cooking something and I need an egg, then I'll probably stop and go get in my car and go to the store and get an egg and come back home. So I'm spending time resources to get an egg and when I could very easily go to my neighbor um, and ask for an egg, which is connection. So there's connection there. Mm -hmm. And most likely if there's something that I make that I could share, that I could share this, I could share what I've created. And so it's, it's just, we're just, um, we, we miss a lot of opportunities and it's, it would really increase our financial status. You know, people, how many people have snowblowers on your block and everybody has a snowblower rather than one person having a snowblower and and blowing sidewalks off and somebody has a leaf raker and but we have all this we spend all these money all the money to be separate well then we could do a lot if we just had things shared in community so just financially emotionally spiritually it's got all the answers it does and and it has that's such a great support i love the egg Right. And, and do we even know our neighbors? We might know of them. All right. this person to the north is so-and-so and they're a such, you know, they work as this and they have three kids or, and a dog that they don't clean up after right. Right. Know, right. that type of thing. That's yeah. what we know, quote unquote, about our neighbors. But do we really know them? Do we, do we make the effort to connect with them? And that is something I'm glad that you brought that up. You know, maybe this will inspire somebody to bake a cake or to have cookies or to just next time you're out raking leaves, it's more than the wave neighbor. Right. Right. It's the, wow, isn't it a great day? And it looks like you're planting a garden. What are you planting there? What, you know, how do you maintain your yard so well? Or whatever it is, it's just showing interest. Because mm -hmm. we do need that connection. As a community is well, then we are well. When a community gets mm -hmm. ill, then we don't do well. Yes. So Tony, I, I'm curious to hear, like, I know of some of them, but um, people that are tuning in, either watching or listening, might not be aware of what other communities you are co-creating with. So can you share more about the spaces that you um, share community in? Um, I'm not sure because I don't want people to take some of my spaces away. No, just kidding. No, I, I have so much fun, actually, April. It's, it's amazing. So, um, you know, one of the communities is Peace of Mind Community, which you and I and Andrew um, started just right before we had this timeout called the pandemic. Um, and it was just, it wasn't just, it was an opportunity for people to come together spiritually, you know, because there's so much division around religion was an opportunity for people to come together spiritually and be in community. And so um, mm -hmm. same thing, create sanctuary, share, give and take, laugh. We have a great time. So that's our Sunday gathering. Yeah. And I'll, I'll put that link in the description too. So anybody that's listening here, anytime, even moving forward, the peace of mind community will keep going. So please, uh, check out that link. You're more than welcome to join us on Sundays, Central Standard Time U.S. at 10 a.m. to around 11.30 a.m. Come as you please. 
Uh, again, there's no strict commitment involved. Uh, but it's just beautiful to come in, drop in, meet new people that are like-minded and just connecting. Mm -hmm. That's fun. Um, I do some work around uh, gun violence prevention. Um, a couple of cities in, in Iowa, Cedar Rapids and Iowa City. Um, so I was invited by my friend who was um, the project manager. And so I had groups, facilitated groups where we called them creating community. And so we brought the different partners together, law enforcement, um, social, social and human service organizations, community in a group and had conversations and people got to see each other humanized. Law enforcement saw the community different, community saw law enforcement different. Um, so that's been, so we just worked there. Um, we did community healing classes just generally during the pandemic um, because people were so isolated. And so that was an opportunity to be in group. Um, in the United Way of Central Iowa uh, sponsored some groups during the pandemic. Um, one of my favorite places to work right now is in the prisons because it's really, it's like magic as you can imagine being in a prison where there's little trust, um, people are really are closed, um, they are in survival mode. And to go in, I do a four week series once a week and to see these men start become vulnerable and authentic with each other and admit some things I would never, that you would never think people would admit in, in prisons, but it's safe and they know it's safe. Um, just 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 working in there is just that's probably one of my biggest blessings i sometimes when i want to think about um one of the breathing techniques i use is heart center breathing and you think about a uplifting experience and one i went in there one time and it was just so much laughter in this room that i use that as one of my positive things to do um i do book studies from time to time same thing people anybody who wants to come show up and like I said, all the stuff, it's amazing is that I, there's, all of us at no charge, but I'm, I'm taken care of. And so my, mm -hmm. my, my philosophy is do the work and the money will come. And I, that's about vibe too. If you're putting out that kind of vibe, uh, you talked about abundance and that flows. And so I'm free to do whatever I want to do where I want to do it. Um, I've had opportunity to do some work in East Africa. When I went over to visit a friend of mine over there, we had some community gatherings, same thing. And the amazing thing, this is probably the most amazing thing is that I have been in Fortune 500 companies and I have been, and there's not a hierarchy where people you, you think have it all together. And I've been in drug treatment facilities where people think they don't have it all together. And when you form a community, a safe community, you could you cannot tell the difference between any people that are in any of those groups because they all come with the same issues, the same challenges, and are looking for the same answers. And so, um, I, I often laugh at myself because like, I'm a one-trick pony. Because <laughs> just like <laughs> if you hire me, you're gonna get sanctuary first before we do anything else. We're gonna talk about um, the emotional guidance scale, which comes mm -hmm. from the book asking is given by Jerry and Esther, Esther Hicks. And so, because it really is about back to people reclaiming their power. How do you help them reclaim mm. it? And that's really what yeah. we're doing. Do you think that's the common theme then working with all these different, the diversity of people? Is that the common theme there? The, the recognizing their power, reclaiming their power? Yes. Yes. Because once, so when I, so when I let's, the school I taught for 30 years when I left the school district it was really because of community because I started getting involved in community work and the more I did that and there was a community that I, that was semi-thriving when I was growing up but it turned into all the businesses were gone it was just pretty much human service organizations in the community and my I wondered why the community was not prospering I did my informal assessment and what I decided is that people had lost a sense of hope. And so that's really what started me on this journey is how do you help people get hope again? And as I did worked with 
community people, I realized that they didn't have a very good sense of their power. And so when I started doing this work, I would, I found ways to engage them, have them talking. And because I knew if I could get them to talk and somebody would validate what they said, then they would be more likely to talk again. And so it really was back to helping them have a, a, a better sense of self and, and their worth. And so. Yes. And when you say power, you're not talking about like the egoic power. You're talking about like the self-empowerment. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. The power to take control and uh, manage their life in a, in a more productive way. Because we're not victims. We're all, well, the only thing we're a victim of is our own thinking because... Yes. Yes. And that's exactly what I wrote down. It's like, what is, what is the big thing that's separating people from each other? And you just said it, say it again. It's all thought. Everything starts with thought. And when you change your thought, you change the chemicals that your body produces. And when you change the body chemicals, your body produces, then you change the way you feel because emotions come from chemicals. And then when you change the chemicals, you change the way you act, different result. So that's where the power comes from, because we're all, we all have the ability to control what we do with our thoughts. We don't always have control what thoughts show up, because sometimes some strange thoughts show up, but we have control over what we do with them. <laughs> yes. Otherwise, I would probably be in federal prison right now, because every time I see an armored truck... You want to rob it? I always like, visualize how much money's in there. And then one of those scenarios from a movie goes through my mind. And so I'm not my thoughts. Right. I can right. I can laugh at it and go, oh, that's funny. And then move on to something else. Right. So that's the whole thing. People to know that they are not their thoughts. They are the thinker. And then if you're the thinker, then you get to control what you do with them. And and once you understand that, so, you know, mo the work that we do is like, if, if it's over a period of time, let's, I like to do four weeks, at least four weeks, because you, I get to introduce a concept, have them practice it, come back in group, and then group sharing. Um, that's where the learning takes place. It's not always mm -hmm. the facilitators, the group to bring stuff. Because you see Martha, in the first week, Martha was depressed, and the, by week three, she's laughing and smiling, and people see that it's there. It was because of what she did that made the difference. And that's in group and community is therapeutic as well, because mm -hmm. we can learn from each other. And if you're having an issue and you're kind of shy and I come and I share my issue and my solution, then you get a chance to learn from me without really having to expose yourself. So it's safe once again, just to come and listen and listen and learn. Yes. Instead of lunch and learn, listen and learn. Yes, yes. But it's also feeding our souls at the same time, too. Now, that's that. It's, that's the beauty of the stone soup of collective consciousness is that we all get to take in that nutrients. We all get fed. And um, it might not happen overnight. And that's why I encourage people to go back, just as you said, Tony, a person might feel very down or feel hopeless or that they don't have any value to contribute but when they show up or and I should say and mm. when they keep showing up for themselves and be dedicated and committed to that progress and understand it's it's working from the inside out this mm -hmm. is a perfect example of working from the inside out that I always talk about um, you know you're changing as you said Tony your brain the physicality of the brain, the neuroplasticity, and you're creating new neural pathways and um, realizing, oh, I didn't die. I was able to share right. and I didn't die. Nobody judged me. I wasn't thrown out. You know, this is a safe space. And then, then you're more apt to show up again. So just doing, I just suggest for people to do your best and be open and curious also. Mm -hmm. How How is this going to support me? Oh, I wonder why this person says this, you know, and ask genuine questions, you know? 
unpack it a little bit, say, oh, I'm curious about that. You mentioned this. I, I, I'm not so familiar with it. Can you share more? Mm-hmm. You know, and then the person's like, oh, like somebody's listening to me, right? It's, and that, that's the contribution, right, to that uh, stone soup. When you feel heard, then you're more likely to talk again. Mm-hmm. And then you know, the, one of the amazing things is that when people come to group and they cry, they think mm-hmm. that's the terrible thing in the world. So, you know, we've rebranded, um, we call it leaking. And what, you know, because I, I know that when somebody is crying, then their heart, they're speaking from their heart. So why would we look at that as a negative thing? And so we just have rebranded it thinking. And if a person is vulnerable enough to cry in class or leak in Mm -hmm. class, when we get around to the the affirmation parts at the end, they always get affirmed and and appreciated for being vulnerable. And so the one thing that we say you're not supposed to do is the one thing really that is part of our liberation. Yes. Yeah, it takes a lot of courage to expose that part of ourselves, mm-hmm. especially gendered, right? Men are taught not to cry, suck it up, mm-hmm. crying is for babies, or you're weak, or what have you. But when somebody witnesses somebody who has a lot of masculine energy, and they're actually vulnerable and allow to release that, that's that's a healing experience. Mm-hmm. I like the leaking, right? But it's right. healing as you cry and allow other people to witness you. So important. And you talked about during the introduction, when you, the part about seeing people who show up as whole. So that, I think that really is part of the magic is that anybody who shows up in the room, I know that we are all divine. I know that we're all connected. So. I see them as whole. I talk to them as if they're whole until they can see themselves as whole. So there's no judgment. It doesn't matter if I go into prisons, um, they're whole. If you go into a drug treatment facility, corporate America, it doesn't matter. You see the whole person and then they, people can, they can sense that, that you're honoring them, their essence, and they respond totally different. But we often respond to labels and that's probably the worst thing we can do is to respond to a label that somebody put on themselves or somebody put on them. Mm -hmm. Yes, the judgments. Mm -hmm. And my question is even, and this is very, this is for everyone here, who, who are we to judge? You know, we we're not in these people's shoes We're. I, it seems like we judge about everything, whether a person has money, more than me you judge them whether they are homeless they don't have any money you judge them (laughs) you know it's just when are you going to give people a break and i like to say it's like a boomerang right as we judge other people and we project that onto them that's really coming back at us so i ask myself anytime that i find judgment i i really ask like where is that coming from why is this kind of like nails on a chalkboard for me. What What is this happening? Why am I having this judgment against this person who's just being who they are? And until they become more aware, that's all they're going to do because that's all they know. And even go back to the beginning, um, it's who they are. I mean, we are children of the divine who occasionally from time to time do jacked up stuff. And so... <laughs> there's a difference between who we are and what we do. And a lot of people look at what they do or what has happened to them and they put mm-hmm. that label on themselves. And so that's the image that they project out in the world and they wonder why they get that same image back. And so we have to be careful how we think about ourselves because how we think about ourselves is what we attract and that's what we become. And so child of the divine, that's probably the only, only limit, only label that I wear with pride because that's that's who I truly am, and even yes. even going to, going into the prisons, um, I have people tell me that they're felons. It's like no, that's what you did. Who you are is a child of the divine who committed a felony or is convicted of a felony, and that's totally different. So labels, I I recommend that. So I have um, 
stock in Gugon. So you know what Gugon is? Takes, so I encourage people to go get some Gugon and take those labels off ourselves because we are divine individuals having a human experience and you can't get it wrong. Yeah. And when, when people, I, I really, really do appreciate you bringing that up, Tony, because people still hold that judgment and those labels, whatever it is, what, whatever it is that we feel shame about. That is, you know, something that is shoulda, woulda, coulda. Mm-hmm. If I only did this, or if things would have happened that way, that I wouldn't be in this situation, you know, that type of thing. And this is for everyone across the board. We, I, I've had those thoughts too. And so I just say, stop shouldn't on yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? yes. And then you have a choice. Okay. This is where I'm at. I believe acceptance is a big part too, is, is accepting. Okay. This is where I'm at, but there's so many more opportunities. I have so many more years to live. You're looking at the means of an end of this right now, where I'm at, it, that's it. That's all mm-hmm. life is. And it isn't. So our minds want to protect us. And it, and it keeps repeating and repeating and going over and over and over the scenarios or things that happen. And when that, the answers are not in the past, Right. And, and you can't predict the future either. That's an illusion that our minds love, love to take us down those right. those uh, weird scenarios that haven't even happened yet. And so really, where are you at? So are you in the past? Or are you in the future? You're not in the present. Be Be here. Just accept. And then once you do that, I find it easy to say, okay, this is where I'm at. Yeah, I can see how I got here, right? Our mm-hmm. minds are really good about that, right? Right. What are my choices now? What What do I choose to do? How am I going to be my best self? You know, how do I want to live the rest of my life? You know, and, and it's not from those false illusions from the past, you know, that, as you said so perfectly, that was an experience. But we tend to be tied to those emotions and the emotions keep hooking us, hooking, hooking us back in that net. So what do you suggest for people to, to unhook themselves? Well, when you realize that those emotions that you keep digging up or because you keep thinking about the past. Anytime you keep thinking, think about something, you're going to recreate it, relive it, which means the same chemicals, the same feelings. And as long as you do that, then you're going to keep repeating it. And you often say wherever your attention goes, your intention goes, your or attention goes, your intention goes. Yet, if, if we want something different, we have to think different. We have to see mm-hmm. things differently. And the only you were talking about the present. The only power we have is now. There's nothing no power anywhere else and so your your future starts now and every and it depends on every now so it's just deciding what you want and let that be your focus then that's in the world your world's a change because then you're sending out a message of what you want rather than what's happened to you or what you don't want and so it's your exactly. life it's, it's exactly. your life you have the power because you have the power to think about things it's really amazing how people label things good or bad. Mm. And there really is nothing. I mean, when I look at my my childhood, with my mother dying at, when I was 14, that could have been a traumatizing, terrorizing, life-changing, it did change my life. But it, it, I turned it into a positive. It was, um, I got a message. I, I think it was from my mother and basically the message was to everybody dies tony you'll get through this and then whatever you do make me proud and so it's like okay i can do that so rather than get traumatized every time her birthday comes up or the or the day that she died comes up i don't go into deep depression i look at myself and think you know 
have I made her proud? And what can I do to continue to make her proud? And so it's just how you think about everything, 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 everything is based on how you think about it. Anything. Yeah. yeah our perceptions based, you know, off of the past experience and, and us working together, Tony, you always say, I remember you saying that, you know, um, instead of it, it's turning into wisdom. What, what's the saying that you say? If you, when you take the emotion out of experience, it turns to wisdom. So that's, yes. that's the value of looking back because there is some wisdom in it, but then you gather the wisdom and then let the rest go. Mm. Yes, definitely. And I came to that conclusion when my father died and here you know, I'm practicing mindfulness and wellness and all these things. And then out of the blue, you know, he passed. And for a couple days, I was in that, oh my gosh, what are this and that and the other, you know, my mind was just racing and racing. And then when I really sat down into the meditation, allowed myself to feel all the feelings, like let that that energy just um, flow through me. And then I realized that grief is an invitation for growth. And so not to plug my podcast, but I did do a podcast about it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's just understanding how when just experiences that pop up that we cannot control and we feel that something tragic happened or something was taken away from us or, you know, and all that when really it's all about us. It's all about our connection to ourselves. And like you said, higher power, uh, whomever you believe that to be and witnessing how you are a child of the divine, that, that these are experiences that happen you know, how are you going to, you know, stay in your boat and just take a little easier down the river? You yeah. talked about, you asked a question earlier about what can a person do, but probably the, probably the most powerful thing that we could do for ourselves is to give it, give ourselves grace mm. because we have done some things that we could have done better we've done some things that we regret we could done some things that we probably don't want anybody to know anything about and so we carry these memories most and we focus on those negative things most of the time but you know giving yourself grace is like yes i'm human and yes that happened but that does not have to be, be the way i live the rest of my life and just then you can start all over again then you can come back to the now so give yourself grace and so the question is what can i do now yeah Which is, where all the power is yes and i find those people that do shift like that they come up and they share their story from a different perspective instead of the victim like you said mm -hmm. and have that wisdom and that allows other people to witness that within them mm -hmm. themselves as this person's sharing and it inspires right that's the inspiration and that's we're coming full circle and in, back into community, right? That helps to build that community within ourselves and with others. Yeah. yeah. And then realizing that they're not alone. So that's like in these groups, somebody will become will become vulnerable first. And they'll somebody will say, Yeah, when I was in drug treatment. And then you'll hear later on when we're giving the affirmations, like, oh, I'm so glad to hear that. I thought I was the only one. And so it just it lets you know that you're not alone in these things. We we just think that we know ourselves so well that um, we tend to focus on the negative things rather than the positive. And just it's grace. It really is all. It's all about grace. You're gonna make mistakes. You're gonna do some things wrong, but grace will let you. Just it's like a new start, being born again. Mm-hmm. And I think people don't 
give themselves the, they don't appreciate themselves for the courage it takes to go to treatment. Or I hear a lot of people share about going to therapy. Mm -hmm. And even still to this day, even though mental health is out there and they're talking about therapy and they're talking about ways to help yourself through therapy, there's still that stigma attached to therapy. And so when a person recognized, wow, it takes courage and commitment to go to therapy mm -hmm. and stick with it, um, you know, because you're unlearning old things and then you're learning more about yourself, which is very empowering too. So we, we actually are therapists in the work that we do, uh, not by training, but anytime, like all the, most of the work I would, do like this thought-based work that I do, it's really cognitive behavioral therapy is what I'm doing. It's helping people understand the power of their thoughts. And so all the works that we all the work that we do, we're actually helping people. It's the impact is therapeutic, even though they're not going to therapy. That's what I hear a lot in the groups. It's like, oh, this feels like therapy. I say, well, not really therapy, but it is therapeutic because people end up getting better. And that's yes. And when we humanize each other and are willing to take a risk and just be, show up as ourselves, it's really amazing how much people can learn from us. Like I said, back to just not feeling like we're alone. Mm -hmm. we, know all, we know all our secrets and no, nobody else knows them. And we look at other people like they don't have any secrets, but they got them too. And so we all have issues that we're working with. And so just, just give yourself a little grace and, and let's move on. Exactly. And before you talked about uh, book clubs, do you want to share about your book a little bit with our audience here? In fact, if you want to grab a copy of it really quick and hold it up, that would be lovely. Let's see if I have a long enough arm. Oh, look at that. Look at um, the title. Can you read that out loud so people who are listening to the podcast? The book is called You Are Enough. Um, and I wrote this book because it's actually, um, I realized that I, I thought I had a message that was worth sharing. And I knew that I could not reach enough people with me doing uh, groups of one-on-one. -on so I really wrote the book um, so I could spread the word to a broader audience. And um, it's really, it pretty much lays out how I, how I do a group. So if anybody wanted to see some of the, the components of the groups that I do. It talks about sanctuary, it talks about emotional guidance skill, talks about um, our thoughts. And so um, it's really, it was a way for me to spread the word, get the word out there. And I tried to be a bookseller for a while. Like, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing, you know, trying to sell books, but the books sell. So I, on my, I think three, I'm on my 3000 order. But it just congratulations. Just it just you know I do use it in the training a lot. Uh, Project Iowa, we give it away at graduation. But it's it's my attempt to get the word out to a broader audience. They can mm -hmm. find it. If they're interested. They could find it on Amazon um, as an ebook, and I also have um, hard copies that I can send out. So yeah, we'll put the link in the in the description as well for the book. And I've read that book and I've actually, every time you send me a book, Tony, I just give it away because somebody, right, I, I talk about it or I, they're, as they're sharing, it's like, they need this book. And it's such a, a small digestible book. That's what I love about it. How many pages is it? It's like 70 something. It's 55 pages, 55 oh. pages. And it actually has some, it's part workbook. So it's application because okay. you know, getting information and not applying it. Like I said, if, unless you apply it, then it's just information that can exactly. be Exactly. But through application, they get to see the impact of their own work as they go through the book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can easily read that book within a day. Although I guarantee you, you'll reread certain sections and dog ear certain pages and underline things because there's a lot of great tidbits in there. Um, and just as the title is, You Are Enough, just recognizing that you know you have everything that you need within you and, and one of the really important parts points to make is that you know we are doing this work and we do it pretty well 
but knowing that we have the same challenges that everybody else does. And so, I mean, one of the advantages of doing the work I do is that I get to keep experiencing and growing as I hold groups. And so it's my personal improvement plan by continuing to do this and taking, taking a look at myself. Yeah, and it sometimes isn't easy to look in the mirror and see certain things. Sometimes we think we're supposed to have it all figured out because we're doing this work. <laughs> and that, would, that would be very nice, but that is not the case. No, it's the continuum of the unfolding, of the yes. evolving, right? And, and that's what I remind myself too. I don't know if you do this too, Tony, that it's just like, oh, this is great, right? Learning and unlearning and just, um, just expanding and learning more about myself as I go along. That's, that's what it's all about, right? They say, right, it's not the destination, it's the journey. Mm -hmm. And then how am I relating to others? How am I creating community as I go? How am I, um, creating a sanctuary within myself too. So if we want to be safe, create community. That's, that's gonna, that's one way to make sure that we are more likely to have what we need because working in isolation does not, does not fit the bill. Yeah. Although I'm going to share with you, everyone listening, watching that your mind is going to tell you otherwise. You know, it has fear about being transparent. It has fear about being vulnerable. And I'm not saying you need to show up in these groups and just black, <laughs> give, give all your secrets away. It's that you dip your toe in the water. Oh, I wonder what, what this is going to bring to me. What, what am I going to learn here? Um, what interesting people am I going to meet? You know, that type of thing. And this is community even at work. If you're a student or a teacher or a professor or some sort, even at schools, settings, right, institutions, what am I going to learn today? So that way we don't have that judgment, that pushback, resistance. Mm -hmm. um, and then that's how we're able to really invite that sanctuary. Yeah. And you know, sometimes we would be wise so the concept of sanctuary if we take that concept and make sure that when whatever group we're in whether it's our friends our family whatever is we work to create an environment where everybody in that environment feels safe and cared for and free to express yourself if if we take the when we take the time to do that i mean it makes all the difference in the world then people can share because it's a safe place to do that but that's something that everybody can do anywhere that you go to create sanctuary, safe space for people to be in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, it starts within, it ripples out, right? That yep. ripple effect. Yep. Great. Well, Tony, it's been such a pleasure having you here as always, just talking about all the things and recognizing how creating community is so important. Um, for ourselves and to build a sustainable life, really. Right. Yeah. So for those who are interested in co-creating with you or learning more about you, what is your contact information? Oh, you know, I'm not a big web page person. I have a web page. It's called MrTonyWilson.com. Um, by email, my email address is Tony.Wilson58 at gmail.com and you can also find me easily on Facebook. Perfect. Well, until next time, and I hope people tune in, uh, check out the links in the description for Tony's book for our peace of mind community. And I will also put a link in there for the emotional guidance scale. If you're curious mm -hmm. about that. Yeah, that's very really good resource for everyone and i appreciate everyone tuning in today thank you so much for being here and co-creating community with us please put some comments in the chat let us know what you liked let us know how you're co-creating community and um 
hit subscribe, right? So that we can expand our community here together. So until next time, my friends, be well. All right. Thank you again, April. You're most welcome, Tony. I so appreciate your time today. As right here, right now together, we are forming a new stone soup of collective consciousness and your essence is needed to add to the amazing vibration we just experienced. Please remember that you can always review any of these podcasts and receive that same energy you experienced here because you are part of that, of the energy, of the connection that we are creating here. If you would like to reach out with any questions or want to know more information about my services, please visit my website at livingwithintention.co or follow me on Facebook or Instagram at livingwithintention.co. Also, you can download the free app of mindbodyspirit.fm and listen anytime, anywhere via Spotify, Google, and Apple to have access to all my podcasts, as well as the other amazing speakers who are part of the mindbodyspirit.fm community. Be well, my friends, and keep shining your light and sharing your truth. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon. I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm. 